Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. There's an important thing you should know about NBA players. It's a thing where, without proper alignment, their entire game could be thrown off. I was looking super rough. I mean, technically like 18 days without a cut. That thing is their hair. Yo, my boy came through, gave me one of those grade A cuts. Ooh-wee! For most players, like LeBron James right there, having the right cut is more than vanity. As Primetime himself, Deion Sanders said, look good, feel good, play good. You gotta look good, look good, you play good, play good, play good, play good, live good, live good, you know, eat good. And professional basketball players are willing to go to great lengths to ensure they look good and feel good before a big game. I had clients like Mike Conley. I used to fly to Utah when he got traded. I used to fly out there like once a month, sometimes once every other week. That is Vince the Barber, one of the best-known barbers in the business. He's cut some of the most famous people in the world. Tyrese was one of my first music artists that I cut. Everyone's like, cut Tyrese, he's bald. I'm like, no, he's got hair. Vince's passion for cutting took him from Toronto to Los Angeles, where he hustled his way to the top of the barbershop game. Vince's story kicks off our new limited series here at The Athletic. Welcome to Stargazing. Yo, yo, welcome to Stargazing, a show about the figures and influencers that surround the superstars in NBA culture. I'm Jovan Buha, NBA reporter at The Athletic. Joining us now is Vince Garcia, aka Vince the Barber. Vince is a celebrity barber for A-list entertainers and athletes, cutting the hair of everyone from LeBron James to Drake to James Harden to Devin Booker to Kid Cudi. The list goes on. Uh, He's worked on the set of HBO's The Shop, Fast and Furious 6 and 7, and Ellen, among several other movies and shows. Vince, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, man. How's it going, man? Good, good. How are you? I like the OVO jacket. Thanks, uh, man. <laughs> so let, let's, rep, you know? <laughs> let's, let's start with that. So what's your relationship with basketball? You, you're from Toronto. Did you grow up a Raptors fan? Because I, I think around your teenage years where Vince Carter threw, you know, yeah. elbow in the rim and, and, you know, that 2000 dunk contest. What, what was your basketball relationship like growing up? Um, I mean, I definitely... Basketball wasn't even like my main, you know, sport, favorite sport growing up. Uh, I actually grew up playing baseball, like majority of my life. Basketball kind of came, yeah, kind of like, you know, when the Raptors first came, started my Mighty Mouse. That was, you know, that was everyone's favorite, obviously. And having an NBA team in Toronto and Canada in general was a big, you know, big deal. So, I mean, I definitely grew up as a Raptors fan. I'm till this day, I'm a diehard Raptors fan regardless. But no, I just love basketball. It was always like a hobby of mine, kind of like my little getaway. You know what I mean? Like it's like my happy place type of thing. So, you know, anytime I'm feeling down or just out, like, you know, shooting around just kind of calms me down and eases everything off. So what about barbering? How did, how did you get into that? It started probably, yeah, seventh, eighth grade, same thing. I used to just do lineups and designs on all my homies. That's back when, you know, like the Nike checkmark and mm-hmm. all the little things like that was in. So 
my childhood barber who used to cut me and the homies actually he would cut us once a week we go to his house and my boys were like bro you should ask kevin to teach you how to fade i was like yeah i guess and then i i sat down got my cut and told him you know i want to learn how to cut he kind of broke it down for me and you know started off as a hobby and then it just became a lifestyle for me and then how do you go from it being a hobby and turning it into a lifestyle and then eventually cutting chris bosh i think that was your first yeah, that was, was your first, first athlete right yeah so um yeah so i again it started seventh eighth grade and then all throughout high school i was cutting all my homies i cut some of my teachers also you know cut them up in the boys change room and you know i was charging five ten dollars and wait, 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 were they giving you better grades for i don't know, I don't know. maybe it was, there was a perks of that you yeah. know but um, you're like if you don't move this to a yeah, to an right. a i'm gonna <laughs> so i mean yeah I, I never thought of it that way but um yeah i mean that was like my little hustle in high school you know uh i was known as like the barber and everyone wanted to get cut up and side money and just you know lunch money or, or mm -hmm. whatnot but yeah i just started going a passion for it you know and i never really looked at it as like a career path for me again i was in like the whole design type of field so i got into uh, I applied for college and I went into engineering design, like mechanical engineering design. So doing like, you know, like blueprints and all that stuff. So that was my main thing, thinking I'm going to become an engineer. And I did my first year of college. And my second year, I went into like our co-op, like hands-on portion. And I was like, yo, is this what I'm going to be doing every day? And they're like, yeah. I was like, I don't know. I don't think I could do this. Mm -hmm. And so I just told myself, like, I'd rather be happy and make less money than be miserable and make more money. You know, I didn't really know what barbering could, you know, where it could take me. But I just knew I had that passion for it, that regardless of how much money I was making, I was waking up, like, excited to cut hair. You know, and that to me, I feel like, you know, you would want to do that for the rest of your life. Something that you love and cherish versus waking up miserable, like, damn, I got to go to work, you know. But you're making all this money. But then it's like, how can you enjoy that, you know. Yeah, facts. So, yeah, I mean, barbering to me was just like, I love it till this day. Everyone's like, dude, you've been cutting almost 20 years. Like, you don't have to cut anymore. I'm like, dude, I, lo I love it. You know, it's it's a passion for me and it's not work to me. You know, I just feel like it's, you know, one thing to, to get to catch up on my homies and like family. And but again, it's just like seeing that satisfaction of like, you know, my clients like, damn, I look good. I feel good. <laughs> and for me, like, that's all. That's what makes me feel good. Then, then how'd you link with Chris? With Chris, uh, one of my best friends, Will, he was like the biggest photographer in Toronto at the time. Everyone knew him for that. And I guess he was hired to do a shoot for Chris. The way me and Will would always work is he would always ask his talent or whoever he's shooting is, do you guys have a barber? Or do you need a barber? And so he asked Chris and Chris was like, "That's a, at the time he had the dreads. So oh, yeah, yeah. he was like, uh, no, nah, I just, you know, I just line myself up. Why? He's like, oh, well, my best friend's a barber. You want him to come clean you up? He's like, yeah, sure. So came on set, cut him up. Two days later, he hits me up and was like, you know, what are you doing today? I was like, nothing. He's like, can you line me up before the game? I was like, yeah, sure. And then did that. And after that, I, I was thinking like, okay, this is probably one one and done. Like first, you know, first time and last time. He liked it. And then we just built a good relationship. And just the perks of like being, you know, an NBA player's barber was Get to sit courtside at games and like you know just go to dinners and all these events and little things you know and that was my like foot in the door of actually learning how far networking could take you having that uh yeah just the perks of you know like i said being a um, nba player's barber i was like damn i kind of like this like i want to do more of this and in toronto at the time there's only so much you could do 
Bosch is the biggest star. Drake was on the come up and you know, not too many celebrities coming in and out of the city. Not at that time, mm-hmm. not like it is now. But so then I just thought to myself, like, how can I do more of this? You know, and I'm thinking Miami, Vegas, then L.A. And obviously, L.A. is the land of opportunity. You know, there's celebrities in and out of there, athletes coming all the time. So it was just a goal of mine at that time, like, okay, three to five years, I'm going to make that a goal and try to make that happen before I open up my own shop. I felt like if I open up my shop in Toronto, that was it. Like, I kind of felt like I can't open up and then leave. So I was like, let me try LA out and see, you know, if it's, if it's for me or not. That way I know, like, I'm not living with no regrets. You know what I mean? Like, I could go down here. If it worked out, it works. If it doesn't, at least I know I tried and I could go home, open up shop and I'm good. So I was like, you know what? Let me um, let me just take that leap of faith, come out here, try it out. And I didn't know what to expect. You know, I just gave myself a list of goals and like three to five years, I want to accomplish this, this and that. Yeah, I came out here. And when I moved out here, it was the same year Bosch got traded mm-hmm. to Miami. So he went to Miami. I went to L.A. And I just told him like, yo, tell all your NBA homies I'm out here. You know, I'm just trying to connect and network obviously on my list of goals was to cut it uh, a laker mm. i didn't care who it was a rookie you name it i'll just i just want to get in there and then obviously network network my way to like the top dogs you know and so i came out here i started cutting the rookies um devin ebanks and i forgot their character i think it was at the time okay throwback <laughs> yeah yeah so i went to the facility cut them up and then um my big star was metal world peace mm. And with Meta, I was cutting him his whole career as a Laker. And again, it's just, you know, the circle is so small. You know, the industry is small. And so word of mouth and, you know, consistency goes a long way. And so I started cutting him. And then, as you know, every almost every year it was a new team, new players and all that. So same thing. It's just every new person that got traded to the Lakers, I was able to still cut at least, you know, a good handful of them every year till this day. So it's just all word of mouth. And I was able to now, you know, for Meta, build off off of like other players in the league and then you know it is when they get traded it's even you know more and more uh, opportunity to cut other players so i was able to build a good nba clientele base off of just starting from that i I read that you used to get to the practice facility super early and would sometimes beat kobe there yeah and Mm because we we've heard the stories he's getting there three four five a.m you know for his first workout and then he'll do like a second workout before practice even begins uh what what was that like with with, and what were your interactions like with with him um with that it was you know because again yeah like you're saying we've heard stories of him and i was like how early can this guy really get there (laughs) you know and at that time i was cutting majority of the team probably half if not more than half of the team i had a couple of coaches i was cutting too so the my deal with them was practice and game days, mo- ma- mainly game days. I'd come cut half the team before practice of, for those that would come early and then chill, watch practice, and then cut the rest after. So, I, you know, it's a whole day for me. So there's a few times where I would show up and then I see Kobe there already. I'm just like, dude, was he? did he just get here? Did he just finish working out? Or, you know, the first few times he, like, recognized me. You know, he knew who I was and then other times i'd pull up earlier and he'll call me damn v you beat me today you know Mm -hmm. just little you know little conversations with him and i've never had the i've had a lot of interaction with him um you know how it is there's like a time and place to take a photo with him and i've never had one and i didn't get a chance to but we had you know good conversations while he was in the chair he had his own barber that he's used ever since he got in the league i think and um till this day i mean forever i'll remember that moment of when 
we had a talk while he was getting cut. I think I was cutting booze at the time while we were talking and we were just talking about life. And, you know, he kind of told me like everything I'm doing now is for our, you know, the future of our family, our kids and like their generation and just building like an empire for them. And he's like, you know, you're an entrepreneur. What, you know, everything that you're doing now is like you're on the right path. Hearing that from someone like him is, you know, meaningful and it's bigger than a photo with him. You know what I mean? So moments like that, it's like something I definitely cherish for sure. Speaking of moments, what do you think was the first I made it moment of your career? Was it cutting Bosch? Was it arriving in LA and, and eventually cutting the Lakers? Was it opening up your own shop? Like what, when you hear that, what, what do you think of first? I kind of feel like the moment I felt like I've made a change in my life where I felt good about it was, I think, opening up a shop out here. You know, I think cutting, you know, certain celebrities, I look at that at that time was like, oh my God, this is dope. But I look at it as like part of your process. You know what I mean? It's part of it's part of the bigger plan, you know, and it's all, you know, again, like cutting all these people, it's dope, but I feel like it's, you know, it just comes from the hard work that you put out there. Like whatever you put out, it's going to come back to you. I think a lot of barbers look at it as like, I want to become a barber to cut celebrities, whereas you should become a barber because you want to become a barber or you're passionate about the craft, not because of the fame, the, you know, the Instagram, the, all that stuff is like just extra for, you know, what we're doing. But yeah, I just feel like the I made it point is more so like the end game you started cutting uh devin booker after the bubble right mm -hmm. and i i was listening to a podcast that you did uh, a few months back and you were saying that it got to the point where you were flying out to phoenix once a week to cut him are you still doing that and what is your current schedule like in terms of some of your bigger clients that you consistently work with and kind of managing you know I got maybe I got to be in Phoenix for this day and like but then I'll be at the shop this day and like mm -hmm. how do you kind of manage that with, with all your clients um well this was new yeah so I started cutting him right after the bubble you know it, it came to the point where he was about to go back to Phoenix to train and get ready for the season and he was like you know what's good you want to come out to Phoenix you know I was like yeah I mean we'll, we'll work something out and again I've never had a client I had clients like Mike Conley, I used to fly to Utah when he got traded. I used to fly out there like once a month, sometimes once every other week. Like it was sporadic. It wasn't like super, you know, scheduled out that way. But it was just like, yo, Vince, I need you next week. Can you come? Obviously, Utah is a quick flight. You know, Phoenix is even faster. So when he was like, yeah, you want, would you be down to come to Phoenix? I was like, yeah, you know, we'll make it work. And so, yeah, I worked it out with, you know, with his manager and agent and stuff. And now we just kind of have uh, a schedule like, it's scheduled out for damn near like half the season. And then now I just have like, I just got the schedule for the next half of the season. So um, my whole thing is like, as long as it's scheduled out, I could kind of plan around the days that I know I'm flying out there. And usually when I'm out there, I'm just in and out. Again, it's a quick flight, come in, cut and fly right back. Um, but, you know, having it all scheduled out makes it easier for me to schedule all my other clients as well. So it's uh at first it was tough you know obviously during the pandemic and everything and all that so but you know now it's second season with them it's it's a lot it's it's smooth it's been a lot smoother logistically how does it work in terms of scheduling and then you know are you like are they just texting you and hey like i need you know tuesday's my preferred day or whatever and, and you're kind of looking at your schedule and, and factoring that in are you mainly doing house visits or are you, uh, you know, I've seen you, you also cut at the shop, you know, gray matters as well. How does the interaction go down of like scheduling and, and kind of figuring all that out? Um, well with that, it's usually like majority of the time it's obviously he gets cut before games. 
the way I work now, just everything's kind of just got to be all scheduled out. And if anyone else trying to come in, like majority of the time, you know, with LA having two teams, like a lot of the guys are in the city. So they're calling me all the time. Like, yo, what's up? I'm, I'm out, I'm out here. I need a cut today. I was like, I can't, <laughs> you know, I'm at the point now where like, I kind of need like a good two, three days in advance, if not longer. Um, and a lot of them know it and respect it. And if I can't get to them, I got barbers. Uh, that I could send to them. So regardless, if I can't take care of them, like I'll make sure they're taken care of. What's a fair rate to charge? You don't have to get into a specific rate per player if, if you don't want to, but what what's like a, the average NBA cut or celebrity cut? Uh, I mean, I just, all my, all my prices vary, you know? Um, I mean, I'm not one to really share that info, but it's cool. You know, I have like, obviously my price at the shop. Um, I charge like a hundred at the shop. Um, regardless of whoever you are, you know, that's just my rate. And then outside of that is it all varies depending on how far I got to drive. And, you know, and then as far as like me flying out to whoever, it's just a day rate that I charge. And again, it depends on like, it all varies from like how long I got to be gone for and all that. So I kind of factor it in like, you know, what I charge like hourly and then you'd kind of do the math depending how far I got to go and all that. So uh, end of so, the day, it's so got to be. They cover the. Do they cover the travel, or is it kind of? I guess them. Okay. Yeah, I make sure everything is all covered. You know, because so obviously for me, it's like I would love to just stay put. Mm-hmm. Um, but end of the day, I want to make sure like I take care of my clients, and you know, it's worth it on both ends. End of the day. We'll get back to stargazing in a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So you started with cutting your friends and people in your neighborhood, your teachers, and then now you're cutting A-list celebrities, the biggest names. I mean, I ran through some of the list, but the list is you know quadruple that and, and more. Do you feel more pressure cutting uh, celebrities' hair? Because I've thought about the attention to detail is so important, right? Mm-hmm. And you, know, you zone out for 30 seconds and you can mess someone's hair up and, and you have to be locked in for that. 30, 45, you know, an hour, but to do it for a celebrity and, and you know that, you know, your reputation is on the line to, you know, if you mess someone's hair up, they might tell their friends or whatever. Like what, what type of pressure are you kind of facing in, in those moments when you're cutting a celebrity's hair versus maybe someone at the shop? For me, I just feel like, you know, this is what we do. Like this is our job. If anything, I feel like on the other end, they might feel more nervous and scared to get, to get cut. You know what I mean? Cause it's like one, if it's our first time getting cut by you, it's like, they're nervous as hell too. Like, shit, I'm, what if they fuck up my hair? What if, you know, I think if anything, it's like, I felt more nervous to just meet them, mm. you know? Um, but once they're in the chair, I'm just like, all right, like you're in my world now, you know? And I'm gonna make sure that I take care of you and uh, it'll come out better than what you expected. You know, that's, that's the, the plan. And 
you know, again, I'm blessed to be able to do that and um, provide for these guys and them actually appreciating my work. How did you link with HBO and Uninterrupted for the shop? I know you were cutting Mav Carter, mm -hmm. uh, you know, be before you, you link with them, but uh, you've been one of the few barbers that they've used on the show. And uh, how did that all go down with, with, with you getting with them? Um, with that, yeah, so like it, it goes back to cutting Mav and I got introduced to Mav from Omar. I don't know if you know Omar Johnson. He used to be VP of Beats and he's really good friends with, you know, Mav, Braun, just that whole click and um i was cutting omar for a while and then he introduced me to mav and then I was cutting mav for years before he even made the move out here and then it was all-star weekend toronto they 2016 hit me, right yeah, yeah they hit me up and was like yo we're about to film the show you know it's uh, we're filming a pilot called the shop and i was like all right cool like what well, you know and they're like yeah we want you to be on it we're gonna get takes place in toronto all-star weekend i was like yeah hell yeah i'm down so we came out there and we did we filmed like for like almost a whole day and we had all these different people in there. And like, at first we didn't know what to expect. I'm just thinking it's just, you know, just, just to shoot for all-star weekend. And then it became a thing every all-star weekend we were shooting episodes, episodes, episodes. And then I think they were just airing it on, on, uh, uninterrupted. And then it finally got picked up. HBO picked it up. And our first episode we shot for HBO was, um, all-star weekend here in LA. And um, so it was, it, was, it was like a regular thing. Every year, All-Star Weekend, we were shooting. No matter, you know, every year it's been like that. The only time we didn't was COVID. But yeah, so once it got picked up, um, we just started shooting a, a whole lot more. You know, we'll shoot out here. We'll shoot in New York. We shot in Miami. We shot D.C. Like, we shot everywhere. Wherever, I guess, they could pull the talent that they want for that episode. Um, but man, it's been a blessing to just be able to, you know, meet some of these legends that have been on the show and cut some of the legends. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed to, to be a part of that whole thing. You cut the, the late Chadwick Boseman's hair and you've posted about what that meant to you on, on Instagram and, you know, what did that opportunity mean to you and what do you remember from that shoot? Um, I mean, the crazy thing is like, I was, you know, obviously a fan of the movie and a fan of him as an actor and. Even at that time, I mean, as you could tell, like not everyone even knew uh, that he was fighting it, you know, fighting that sickness and going through all that and just meeting him. Because um, usually how it works is like we don't know who we're cutting until like we show up on set type of thing. And um, when he was like, yeah, I want to get cut. And then production was like, yeah, Vince, we're going to have you cut Chadwick. I was like, oh, dope. Like that's sick. So beforehand, like, you know, we meet them and. I kind of just ask him like, yeah, you know, how do you want your hair? Like, you know, the do's and don'ts. And yeah, we're just chopping it up with him. And he's like super, super down to earth, like cool as hell. And just sharing that moment, like, and just hearing the things he was saying, you know, and then next thing you know, he passes and you're just like, damn, you know, and just like, again, then you revert back to that episode and hearing the things he was saying and how he was saying it was just like, you could kind of see or like hear a little bit of like what he's trying to preach out to the world type of thing. And I felt, you know, again, I'm just blessed to be able to share, have a moment like that with him. So, you know, rest in peace to him. And yeah, it was, it, it kind of gave me the chills, you know, once, once I heard that he passed and just having that moment with him. And it's crazy because I contacted our director on the shop and I was like, Hey man, during that episode, if you watch the episode, there wasn't much footage of me cutting him. It was just like blurred out in the back. And I was asking them, like, you know, it would be a big deal if I could get some footage of that or photos or something, you know, to, like, cherish that moment. And 
he's like, yeah, man, I got you. And he sent me a whole bunch of stuff. And, you know, I'm about to blow up a nice picture of me cutting him. And I was able to get, you know, good photo. Like, I didn't even know what, what photos they captured. And the ones that they did, I was like, damn, of us smiling and, like, shaking hands. And I was like, damn, that's dope. That's dope. Uh, do, do you have a go-to icebreaker? Is it different when you're scheduling it with someone for the first time versus cutting someone, someone on the shop yeah. that you maybe get a slight heads up on? Like, how, how do you kind of approach breaking the ice and, and starting to form that rapport with new clients? Um, I think it's different. Like, on the shop, obviously, they kind of know, like, okay, well, they're not going to hire barbers that can't cut. So, like, they'll you know, they'll trust you. But as far as, like, yeah, like, meeting a new client or, say, like, it's happened a lot where NBA guys will just call me and be like, yo, can you, I'm in L.A., can you come cut me? And I've never met them. And it's just my introduction to them was just through a text thread, you know? So showing up, it's just, like, I think it's a little easier because they kind of know who I am. And with Instagram, it kind of helps, too, because they kind of see your swag or, like, what you're about and whatnot. And I think with me, it's just from doing it for several years, you kind of learn, like, how to be with celebrities and A-listers, like, off the top. Perfect example, like, Tyrese was one of my first, like, art, like music artists that I cut. Everyone's like, cut Tyrese, he's bald. I'm like, no, he's got hair, you know? And I've, I used to come to him, like, maybe twice a week. And he kind of, like, sat me down one time and was like, listen, I'm going to teach you, you know, the do's and don'ts of, like, how to cut, like, people like myself and all that. You know, do you have some barbers that are just overly excited and like, oh, my God, like, I'm a fan, da 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 And he's like, yeah, you don't want to do none of that. You know, you want to just, like, observe the room, see who's around the room, see, feel the energy, and just give that same energy back. Like, And I kind of had that stuck with me, every, you know, from that day moving forward. Is like if I'm coming into a room and everyone's all, like, you know, Tim and his homies are playing music and they're all just, like, drink or whatever it is, whatever they're doing, like, you kind of want to not be that way too, but kind of, you know, put your energy up a little bit and that way you kind of don't kill their vibe, you know what I mean? So I think it's it's just a matter of, again, observing their energy and like just feeding off of what, what it is at that moment. But icebreaker is just like, just little things, man. Like for me too, if it's someone new, say it's like an actor or something, I kind of do my research a little bit. You know, I kind of see, look at their Instagram and just kind of see like what they're about or what they've been up to. And then you kind of throw little things like that, put little, like ask questions about like, oh yeah, I seen you on that red carpet or I seen you that last game, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes these guys don't want to talk about their jobs. So I kind of throw out little feeler out questions and then see how they react to that and just go from there. You mentioned IG. How important is social media and Instagram in particular, for a barber in 2021? Very important. Instagram is a free platform for you to showcase your work. You know, it's free marketing. But I think it's like how you use it and you don't abuse it in a way. So, I mean, I think as long as you're putting out your good, you know, good content work and just for people to be able to see your work and all that is is great. You know, I think for any, any industry, any servicing industry for that matter, or anything else like retail, clothing, like all that stuff. Obviously, it's super important to showcase and put out good content. But yeah, I feel like it's very important for barbers. But at the same time, like what I share with a lot of barbers, like when I do classes and workshops and stuff is like, don't depend on Instagram. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I want to get X amount of followers. And you, you have people, barbers I know of, like I don't want to mention names, but like they'll buy buy followers and like just a cool or whatever it is but i'm like hey if you can't turn the followers into money what's the point of having x amount of followers you know like i know barbers that are making a killing and they don't even have like a thousand followers with me again i'm you know i don't even focus so much on the followers stuff it's just like what i put out there to kind of portray who i am you know like i have a I try to show balance of like work family interests and it's not all about just like barbering 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 
you know, and I feel like that way clients that want to know about you or get cut by you again, they could kind of see how you are per, per, uh, personality wise and kind of feel off that like, oh yeah, he, he's a dope barber, but I don't know if I like the stuff that he's into or uh, that's why I feel like a lot of that can help with like clients uh, looking on your Instagram, seeing if you, if they want to get cut by you or not. What is one piece of advice you have for an aspiring barber? I mean, there's a lot of things I could say. I feel like, you know, don't let anyone tell you no. Like you use all that doubt and negativity as like power and fuel to like, you know, motivate yourself to prove them wrong and just keep, stay hungry, you know, keep believing. And like, I really believe in manifestation, you know, manifest the things that you want out of your life, out of your career and speak it into existence and just keep, keep practicing, you know, like I've been cutting 20 plus years and I'm still learning. You know what I mean? There's always room for growth and stay humble. That's the biggest thing for me is like, you know, staying humble, being humble goes a long way. Last one here. Uh, where will Vince the barber be in, in 2025? What will you be doing? I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm at the point of my life now where it's like, again, I love cutting hair, but I don't want it to be a thing for me to like live off of. I want to use like the relationships I built and like the people I've met and try to really expand. And like, I want to really touch the world in different different markets and different you know different ways not just as a barber but as like a businessman or like a you know just like a real entrepreneur i want to just create and like open up different businesses where i give like people opportunity to be able to do what they love hopefully by 2025 that's where i'll be vince anything you want to plug where can people find you on social um you can find me uh at vince the barber uh, all across the board i don't have different names like that <laughs> the shop gray matter la my one of my other businesses is by, by appointment only it's a barber, uh, barber, uh, barber backpack company I created. But yeah, man, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I want to give a, a quick shout out to uh, Sway Navarro who mm. who helped us link, and yes, he he's Sway. been my barber for three years now. So uh, I've been coming to, to Gray Matter for three years, and Sway Sway's the man. So uh, dude, I'm I've known Sway. It's funny. So sorry, got a quick backtrack story, but Sway. This was at my first shop, Capsule. One of his good homies came to my shop, told me about Sway. I think Sway still has a shirt, but I, I, I had a, I created a shirt back then, and I, I wrote something for him because his homie was like, "Yo, can you, can you get a, can you sign a shirt for Sway?" And I signed it for him, and then, dude, just seeing his growth, like he would hit me up on social media, and then he came out here. I don't know if he ever told you that story, but he came out here, and he was staying, I think, in Anaheim. He didn't know how big LA was. And my shop was in on Melrose, and he was like, "Dude, like the commute from Anaheim <laughs> to Melrose was crazy." And literally, we spent like that whole day. Took him out to dinner, and went out to like have a couple of drinks and stuff. But just seeing his growth, man, to like where he is now is amazing. And that dude got so much potential, so much potential. That does it for this episode of Stargazing. To watch the full-length interview of this episode, go to The Athletic's YouTube page. There's a playlist right there of each episode. You can listen right now to the first three episodes of Stargazing on Apple Podcast subscriptions. Subscribe to The Athletic Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts. To become a subscriber at The Athletic, go to my Twitter account, at Yovan Buha, and click on any of my stories. Thanks again for listening.